everyone, and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we turn our all-seeing eyes to the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who is we? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mick. Uh, no, actually. I'm just a variant. I'm not actually... Well, I'm not the Mick that usually co-hosts, is what I'm saying. What I what I'm saying is I'm a Mick. I'm just not that Mick. So, whereas obviously you're used to witty repartee, intelligent and incisive comment, I can't guarantee that. Well, if that's what you think happened on the show, you definitely aren't the usual Mick. So yes, we're back, and this week we're going to be covering Loki Season 2, or Loki, the second half of Season 1. Or Loki, the let's mess with people's heads. Anyway, whatever it is, came out in 2023, uh, and it was created by Michael Waldron. Was it? It was indeed. Good for him. Well done, him. He's also now maybe directing an Avengers film, maybe not. Okay. Well, who knows what's happening in Avengers films? Yes, yes, that is all a very big question mark. Yeah. The dynasty formerly known as Kang <laughs> is Avengers 5, isn't it? Yeah, maybe that's going to be it. It's going to be Avengers 5, the weird squiggly symbol. Yeah. Uh, dynasty. And I mean, you know, Bearing in mind the, the recent international streaming um, agreement that Disney Plus signed with a major British broadcaster, I don't think it would be appropriate for them to try and nick the idea of changing the appearance of a time traveller. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to like Avengers 5 starts and then... <laughs> A CGI Jonathan Majors gets hit by a laser beam and just turns into David Tennant. <laughs> Who just stands there for the first five minutes of the movie going, what? 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 Yeah. Oh, but does that mean then that at a later point is get hit by another laser beam and then split into another Kang who is played by Shooty Gatwa. Possibly. I mean, again, this this is not an Avengers 5 that I'm opposed to. <laughs> anyway, Loki, I take it we're at least all familiar with the MCU version of Loki. Yes. Yes. Yes, having followed him all the way through from, um, well, I guess, technically, how far do they time travel back in Endgame? Um, I... It's just to the scenes of, of, of Avengers, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's a bit with Loki. Yeah. I think technically the furthest point they travel back to in that film is the nineteen fifties. Yeah, but we've been following Loki since 
regardless of which version of Loki you're talking about, we've been following him since the events of the attack on New York. Oh, that that is a good point because actually this Loki is a different Loki to the original Loki. Yes. But let's try and keep those twists as Loki as we can. Oh, there's the pun. <laughs> so, yeah. Season one of Loki, if I remember rightly, I think you weren't that keen on it. I enjoyed it up to the point after we saw Richard E. Grant in his green pants and nappy. Which, to be fair, what could ever live up to that? Exactly. It was all quite good fun up to that point, and then it turned into something else, I felt, and it kind of disappeared up its own time stream. Yeah, I think I, I liked the first series more than you did. Probably the big problem for me is it felt for me like it was just like the first half of a series rather than a full thing. Yeah, I think the the, the other thing I think is that the enjoyable bits, the aforementioned interaction with other variants of Loki, um, and especially Sylvie, the interactions with Sylvie, all that was great, but all that served to do was fill up the first sort of four or five episodes. And then the actual plot, if you like, of the of, of the show just was over like that. Oh, you don't want to do that in the Marvel Universe, do you? Yeah, no. <laughs> do you think the game Snap is outlawed in the Marvel Universe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, speaking of season one... Uh, I've got a bit of a longer synopsis than usual because I've just got a kind of mini summary of the first season at the start just to get everyone back up to speed. Also, we've got to we've got to remember that it's a, it's an unofficial sequel to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom as well. Is it? Yes. Obi's short round. Oh yeah, you know I always forget that he had quite like. <laughs> Had a whole career before everything and forever all at once. <laughs> so yeah, I'll uh, I'll move on to the synopsis. Uh, as usual, full spoilers for both series. So, season one. After his past is altered during Avengers Endgame, Loki, played by Tom Hiddleston, is plucked out of the time stream by the Time Variance Authority and paired up with Mobius M. Mobius played by Owen Wilson, to help catch another Loki variant called Sylvie, uh, Sophia Di Martino. The two Lokis end up teaming up. Uh, yeah, the two Lokis end up teaming up, though, and discover that the TVA is run by He Who Remains. Uh, Jonathan Majors wants to keep complete control over the sacred timeline in order to ensure that he is the only version of himself and prevent a multiversal war and also maybe keep some text messages hidden. Who knows? <laughs> uh, 
Sylvie kills he who remains in order to give everyone free will, and the timeline begins branching off into an infinite number of branching timelines. Um, that probably doesn't make sense, but who cares? It's on to season two. <laughs> so, Loki returns to the TVA to find that it is in disarray and that he is now slipping backwards and forwards through time. Uh, Loki and Mobius meet with head technician Ouroboros, played by Kihan Kuei, to fix Loki's time slipping, but in the process learn that the temporal loom that held the sacred timeline is under too much pressure with all the new timelines, is on the verge of collapse, threatening to destroy the whole multiverse. However, to fix it, they would require the DNA of he who remains. Oh, I should also mention is also Kang from Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, but like a different timeline. And that film maybe happens after this or before. Possibly before it. Or at the same time, or it doesn't matter because this all happens outside of time. They really didn't think this phase through, did they? No, no, they did not. <laughs> it's almost like Marvel is run by greedy executives who decided, you know what, let's just churn out as much content as possible without any overarching plan. It is, it is, it's like that. Yeah, could, could you imagine if that was the case? What a, <laughs> what, what a wild what-if story that would be. Well, sh- surely if they did that as a what-if story, the Marvel logo at the beginning would just change to a DC logo. Oh, DC. <laughs> anyway, Loki and Mobius are able to locate a variant of He Who Remains called Victor Timely, a scientist in 1893. Uh, they bring him back to the TVA and, with Sylvie's help, are also able to stop a coup by the TVA's former head, Ravonna Venslayer, played by Gugu and Batha Raw. Uh, the team try and repair the loom, uh, only for that to fail, and the whole TVA is destroyed. The end. So, Mick, what did you think of Loki Season 2? I needed tablets afterwards. Because my head hurt. Um, and I believe that Loki has now turned into some sort of tree guardian. Oh, you've spoiled the fact that I've not actually finished the synopsis. so the TVA is destroyed and that's the end of the timeline Loki though is able to slip back in time to escape the destruction he first tries travelling to an alternate timeline where his friends are all living their original pre-TVA lives to enlist their help Uh, through this Loki learns how to control his time slipping but is unable to save the others from disintegrating as time unravels. Using his new powers, Loki instead begins travelling back through the events of the series, trying to change everything so that they can repair the loom sooner. Uh, However, nothing he does is able to stop the explosion. Uh, Eventually, he travels back to before he who remains was killed and realises that everything was set up as a deliberate win-win scenario for him. So, if he who remains dies, the loom is designed to explode, wiping out the TVA and restoring the sacred timeline, or Loki has to kill Sylvie, which will save who he who remains, 
allowing him to continue controlling time. Uh, Loki, though, is able to find a third option and uses his time powers to reshape the multiverse into a world tree, protecting all the branches at the cost of trapping himself on He Who Remains Throne like, at the centre of time, which fixes things, I guess, maybe. <laughs> and then, does, so does that create the multiverse that we then see in things like Multiverse of Madness? Or did that already exist before this happened? I don't know. I told you my head hurt. Mine too. I think this would have worked a lot more if this, again, had just been one series. So, like, we get all 12 episodes and then it ends with Loki is the guardian of the multiverse now. And then we move on to things like Multiverse of Madness and uh, No Way Home. What if? Yeah. Basically, it's been a bit weird having a bunch of Marvel shows and movies about the multiverse. And then also Loki, which says that the multiverse doesn't exist up until the end when it does. And of course, part of that is is no doubt due to the fact that people couldn't um, finish off, promote, talk about, or actively do anything about any in-production stuff for several months because of the writer's strike. And then the producer's strike. And then the actor's strike. Basically, Basically Hollywood went on strike. Yeah, it's been a weird hold time, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um... So, at, at one point you had stuff being talked about that wasn't getting made for the time being. You had stuff getting made later on that wasn't getting talked about. And then there was all the stuff that had been made previously that couldn't be talked about because they weren't allowed to do any promotional stuff. And then there was all the stuff that was starting to get made that got put on hold. And then you've still got a little cupboard somewhere with like three people sat around a desk still trying to figure out what the Agatha Harkness show is going to be called. Yeah, yeah. and, well, presumably, the, the reason we haven't heard of a change of name for that in recent weeks is because they were also on strike and not allowed to discuss what they were going to show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or it was because that in, in an emergency... They were called away to work on what to call the animated Spider-Man series. Oh. Because it's no longer freshman year. Yeah, it's, it's now like your friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man, the freshman college adventures of Peter Parker in school as a kid. Yes. Possibly. Who knows? Who knows what anything is called? Um. So yeah, so you've got uh, so I, th I think the various delays and stuff and I th the, the, the problem is you've got such a production juggernaut haven't you with something like the MCU especially now that it's branched into TV as well it's not like you could just go well we'll just shift everything down the line un until after the strike because A no one knew how long the strike was going to last two they already had some of this stuff in the can ready to release just couldn't promote it yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the whole situation with COVID all over again. It, it is, yeah, yeah. 
Um, except we could see this one coming. That's the that's the annoying part about it. Because all the, all this all this stuff about streaming rights and AI and stuff like that. We've had all these conversations before when it came to VHS and DVDs and even bloody repeats back in the 60s. So, you know. Yeah, if only there was some kind of pithy saying about people not learning from the past and being doomed to repeat it. Indeed. Indeed. I'm sure I'm sure there was one before Loki, but the timeline. Yeah, that's it. Maybe it was in one of the timelines that got blown up. Yeah. Which, again, does, does that mean that, like, some of the dimensions from the what-ifs don't exist anymore? Or were they, like, made afterwards when Loki split the time? I don't understand don't how know. it works. No. No one does. And I think that's kind of the point. So, um... I felt there was a lot of padding in season two, if I'm honest. Yeah, I thought in general just the pacing was all over the place. Yeah. Because yeah. you had lots of, especially every scene with Sylvie seemed like it was padding. Because it's just the same conversation of Loki going, Sylvie, I need you to help me save, save the TVA. And then Sylvie goes, but I don't want to save the TVA. And then Loki goes, oh, go on, please. And Sylvie's like, ah, fine. Go on, then we'll save the TVA. Um, it was almost like it was almost, it was almost like they'd been shot after they'd finished filming the series, and like someone had someone had sort of like watched the the early edits of the of the season of season two and gone, "What happened to Sylvie?" And they kind of went back and added bits for yeah. it. That would actually make a lot of sense because she doesn't really do anything in the series, does she? <laughs> yeah. But it's weird because you've got lots of stuff like that that's padding. But then there was a bit, I think it's between like the first and second episodes, where just suddenly episode two starts and they're chasing after this guy and they're trying to stop like the other TVA agents blowing up the timeline or something yeah and there was a moment where i felt like i missed an episode because they just yeah they just jump straight into that and it's so weird I, I think i had several episodes where that happened and or, or several several scenes where i woke up and thought did i fall asleep during a major plot point or something and it it's like what is this what's what's going on and it's yeah, I, I think possibly Loki should have been a movie. Yeah, I, th I think that's quite a common thing with a lot of the MCU shows, isn't it? Is that they've basically taken a movie and just tried to stretch it out a bit. Yeah, um, and, I, and I think it, it's, it's almost the reverse of what DC, DC's big mistake has always been, which was to try and take a TV series and stretch it into a uh, and compress it into a movie, so none of the characters got to grow, and you didn't get to know exactly who X, Y, and Z were, because um, you were too busy introducing Batman's origin story. Yeah, ooh, all of a sudden, that could you imagine a whole TV series of Ezra Miller's Flash? 
But that would that mean that we then got a movie of Grant Gustin's? Maybe. Maybe that is like an acceptable devil's bargain then. <laughs> so yeah, um and I think the other thing I think is that there was a no one was quite sure it it almost felt like they wanted to move the action away from the TVA, but someone needed to justify the budget on creating the TVA in the first place, the set for the TVA. And they had all those little character pieces set on the various variant Earths, but they always bounced back to the TVA. But for no real good reason other than, I mean, obviously the time loom bits needed to be in the TVA. Yeah, see, I don't know if it was maybe, for me it felt more like the other way round, where, like, they basically wrote the whole series about the TVA, but then realised, oh, you know, this is a show about people who can go, you know, anywhere in space and time. We should throw in more just random bits of them going to random places. Like, you know, it reminds me a lot of the bit in the first series where it turned out that Loki was D.B. Cooper. Yeah. And they just threw that in and it didn't really connect to anything. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that you see, that that's how I kind of imagined a Loki series would be. It would be like a, a sort of more, more jape-targeted quantum leap, almost. Yeah, I think what has really suffered from is the fact that kind of the big studios don't really like doing episodic TV anymore. No. Whereas this is something that is like a prime setup for each week you have a new episode. Loki and Mobius go to a different time. They solve some kind of problem. Maybe Loki learns a lesson, but she then probably forgets by the next episode. <laughs> yeah, it could have been that sort of quantum leap stroke men in black type setup, couldn't it? The, the, the good old buddy movie as a series. Um... You know, they've done it before with, like, Lethal Weapon, didn't they? They spun that off as a series. Yeah. And, and admittedly, I don't think that show was any good. But it's still, like, the concept is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The concept works, I think. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... The problem with an arc storyline is the arc's got to hold together. And I think a You've got to be especially careful of that with something like Loki, where you're talking about fractured timelines and variant timelines and stuff like that. Because either the audience will just get bored of trying to keep track of all the threads, which, to be honest, I I got to the last three or last two or three episodes of Loki, and it was literally I was watching it out of duty. I, I I was I was more concerned about watching it so that we could do a podcast on it than I was about getting to the end of it. Yeah, I I think for me at least I did 
maybe enjoy the last few episodes more because I did like seeing Loki kind of like traveling back through time and kind of seeing how everything all sort of knitted together. Mm. But it's also like, again, that is something that probably could have worked better as the end of a movie. Yeah. Or at the least, maybe do like one sort of maybe eight episode series. Yeah. And just kind of yeah. tighten things up a bit. Keep it punchy. But and, and and that's the thing. The like you said before, the the pacing was all over the paste. It was it it, it 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 was either long drawn out exposition, or it was chasing a man we'd never seen before down a street we didn't know existed. Um. So yeah, it was. And also, there was this weird sort of what was that cube thing? That punishment thing. Oh, the the squidgy oh, box. That was, that, I mean, the effects. The effect. The, this is what's annoying about it. The effects are movie level effects. Yeah, I think more than any of the show, Loki just it looks really great. Yeah. And yeah. I think the whole TVA design is like really fun. Just that whole sort of sixties bureaucracy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've they've, they've got it fine. It, it, and that that's that's why I think that anthology idea would work because another one you could throw into the mix is something like the man from uncle or the mission impossible team that kind of thing all thrown together into that look into that feel with those level of effects brilliant keeps the audience hooked because you don't know what's going to happen next week yeah lucky lucky the series you don't know what's going to happen to ne- next week but you also kind of get the feeling that neither did the writers yeah I think also something I would have liked as well if they'd done something more episodic is maybe give more opportunities for Loki to be a bad guy yeah obviously like the whole point of a Loki TV series is it's fun like watching him slowly grow from being just an absolute super villain to sort of more of a good guy but in this I mean, probably even before the end of series one, it was basically just like a normal heroic Thor yeah. light. <laughs> and, it, and, and that's the thing. You see, and I, I think it's almost like because it was a TV series created by the House of Mouse, really, um, it's almost like, well, we can't have him being a villain. Not if the show's named after him. He can't be a villain in a show named after him. He's going to have to be a good guy. Um, and I think it, it's almost like that approach kind of castrated him, really, as a character. Because you've got... That's the free song you've got when he makes his appearances throughout the MCU, isn't it? That you don't know whether he's going to turn up and be helpful or a hindrance. Yeah, it's what makes something like Thor Ragnarok so good. Because yeah. you go through that whole thing going like, oh, is Loki going like, to stab them in the back at some point? And then, like, when he doesn't, it's an actual cathartic thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Plus, that, that's doubled know. within this. A lot of it happens in the TVA, where they've got a whole thing where Loki can't use his powers. Yeah. So he's literally yeah. just a guy for most of this. I need to think they'd have learnt from that, from the Inhumans. Oh, my God. 
it is basically in humans. They even do the thing where he loses his costume and just has to wear normal person clothes. Yeah. It's in Humans Series 3. Oh. oh my god, it never goes away. <laughs> But yeah, and that I think the threat of not being able to use his powers is fine. You know, if they, if, you know, like you often see, they'll put like a control collar or a control bracelet on, and if someone uses their powers outside of certain conditions, it gets activated. Oh, excuse me. And there's either some kind of punishment or some immediate weakening of the powers. But to just turn them off completely, to completely and utterly negate them, it's like, what's the point of making superhero TV at all, then? You know, you won't, you won't do a, a series based around Superman where he just... I don't know, lived on a farm that was powered by kryptonite. You'd just see him measuring his, mending his tractor every now and then, because that's all he had the energy to do. Yes, except also, wasn't that basically like the new adventures of Superman and Lois? What was it? I remember a lot of that show being very, oh yeah, Superman's using his powers, just, you know, off screen over there, because we've not got the budget for it. Well, <laughs> do you know, I used to watch it. That's Terry Hatcher. Yeah, Terry yeah? Hatcher and Dean Cain. Yeah. Um, I did used to watch it. I'm, I'll be honest, I was more focused on Lois than anything else. Um, but, but he wasn't hamstrung. He, no one took his powers away. Yeah, there was, there was at least the implication of his powers, unlike this, where it's just, yeah. no, we've actively removed them. Which, again, if this was an episodic thing, you could have, you know, Loki can't use his powers in the TVA, but then he goes off somewhere on a mission, and then you get to do some fun stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think probably the best episode of this series was when they went to go get Victor Timely. And, you know, they're in the 1800s and Loki actually gets to do some magic-y stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he um, teleports um, that guy into a, was it like a pig pen or something? Yes, yeah. yeah. Like that, that's yeah, fun. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I want to see from Loki. And then maybe yeah. in like the last episode, that's when it's all, oh no, we're stuck on the TVA and now Loki can't use his powers. And then, yeah. you know, it's more interesting rather than just, this is just the status quo. Yeah. Nice nod, calling him Victor Timely, I guess. Yeah, that that's a thing that's been used before in the comics, I think, as well. But yeah. and for anyone who doesn't know, that's because before Marvel was Marvel, they were called Timely Comics. They were. I mean, they'd never get away with it with their distribution network these days. No, that's... God, do you, do you think in like the year, I don't know, 2080 or something, like one of the cyber comics will have a new version of Kang whose name is just like Victor Disney? <laughs> could be, could be. 
name's Disney. DC Disney. God, that's that's gonna happen one day now, isn't it? That some kind of like Google mega corporation is gonna buy up Marvel and DC. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna happen. We're all gonna end up working for the corporation in Mr. Robot. That's what's gonna happen. I mean, we'll probably both be dead at least, so. Well, there, there, there is that. Yeah, there is that to look forward to. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. For all, I was so stoked about the prospect of a Loki TV show. By the end of two seasons, I've gone. Well, that was a thing. Yeah. I mean, I think. That's that's the problem, isn't it? Is that it's not really a Loki TV show; it's a TVA TV yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I'd like to see more of Owen Wilson as Mobius. I'd like to see more. <laughs> I'd like to see more of Loki. To be fair, um, I thought um, Obi was a great character. Oh yeah, he was just delightful. Yeah. Um, but I did keep expecting him to shout Professor Jones at any at any point. Um, Miss Minutes, which I quite enjoyed in the first season, was a. It was one of those things where they played with the character. It didn't work. I don't think. Her becoming evil just didn't work. For me. See, I don't, I'm mainly just glad that they actually did something with her. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I think it was a case of be careful what you wish for. Um, and you know, you can't you can't fault any of the performances. Um, I can't think of anyone who particularly. Oh, the the TVA agent who ended up as an actor on Earth when he defected to the timeline. Um, he was a bit scenery chewy. But... The Guy McMahon person. Guy McMahon person. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, um, but other than that, all all the main characters turn in a decent shift. Yeah, like... Because I think that's the thing that worked about the finale is at least like Tom Hiddleston kind of sold that performance as oh no, it's sad that Loki has to like be alone at the centre of time now. Yeah. It's just yeah. like once you go away from the episode and think but what actually happened though? Yeah. That's it, isn't it? It's it, it's 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 like it's like that. It's it's like the two thousand and what you come away from two thousand and one going. That was a breathtaking film. What happened? Yeah, no, but the thing that this is where this and how he's to two thousand and one begin and end. <laughs> But 
But yeah, so um, yeah, uh, a series of diminishing returns, I would call it. Yeah, I just, I'm just still stuck on the fact that this wasn't just one series that sets up the <laughs> multiverse stuff before you start doing multiverse stuff. Rather than having a bunch of multiverse stuff in a multiverse that maybe doesn't actually exist yet. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Yeah. Have we, got, have we got any more points to make about Loki 2? I think I'm done. I think I'm out of out of out of commentary on it. Yeah, I th- I think I'm good to stick it on the old list of TV shows. Which, of course, runs from The Sandman at number one, all the way down to Inhumans at number 33. Hmm. It's better than Inhumans. It is. It's it's certainly not the kind of, like, Inhumans, Secret Invasion, that sort of bad. No. No. Um, uh, let's start. Well, we've got the first series of Loki at number 23. Then, under that, we've got Umbrella Academy season one. I know in Earp season one uh, is number 25. 26 is Harley Quinn season one. Oh, 27 is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Which I had to think about for a sec because I've still read it down as Bucky and the Birdman. Because <laughs> you've just got to amuse yourself sometimes. Well, I would say, and and in, I think it definitely belongs in that ballpark. And I think that using my usual tiebreaker of how likely I would be to watch that series again. I think I would settle for putting this just above Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, because this, this at least I feel like has an ending that kind of brings everything together, even if it is quite confusing. Whereas Falcon and the Winter Soldier... That one just very sharply careens off a cliff right at the end. Indeed, indeed. So, um, yes, that's what I would say. And like I say, I'm I'm more likely to watch Harley Quinn season one again than I am to sit through Loki. That said, what I might do is at some point in the future, I might just binge watch Loki from the beginning to see if it works better as a sort of yeah, I mean, that's my point, is I think it yeah, probably does both. work better as a single unit. Yeah. Especially because it feels like a lot of the end of that like calls back to things that happen at the start of the series. Yeah. Which yeah. feels a lot less impressive when you sit there going, oh yeah, it's like that thing that I watched two years ago. Yeah, and, and this this is another thing that I've discovered with the, the, the streaming universes. You know, I sat I sat at the end of the Doctor Who Christmas special, and it said it did the trailer for the next season, and it went, 
coming May 24. Uh, May? I've got to wait five whole months? Having just waited a whole year? Um, and then it was... Um, you're looking at sort of two years between seasons of Umbrella Academy. 18 months between seasons of Stranger Things. And then you look at Netflix series and they'll they'll show you the first half of a season. And then six months later show you the second half. Yeah. And also the special effects may or may not be finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Lost in Space. I really enjoyed the reboot of Lost in Space. Um, it was great. But I think I think it was four seasons in total. But it took you six years to watch. Yeah, actually, you know, I think Lost in Space is a great example of one of the big problems with this kind of weird production schedule. Because I, I did watch the first series of that, really enjoyed it. But then because it was like a good few years until season two came out, by the time that came mm. out, I went, oh, yeah, Lost in Space, I kind of remember that. Yeah, I can't really be bothered. Yeah. Like, I, I can't remember what yeah. happened in the first one that well. Don't really want to go back and watch it all again. So, yeah, I'll just not bother. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... um, It is a shame. It is a shame that they're messing with TV. I mean, it's, you know, Sweet Tooth again. That's, that, we, we need to do a podcast on Sweet Tooth. I need to rewatch season one of that because it's so long since I watched season one of Sweet Tooth. I cannot remember most of what happened. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that classic problem of they're really invested in doing like the first series of something to get you to sign up for the streaming service. And then mm. once they've got you, eh, you know, season two, that'll happen at some point. Maybe, who cares? Yeah. Or maybe we'll just cancel it. <laughs> yeah. Quietly, while no one's watching. But I, 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 especially with the likes of Netflix and um, Disney Plus and all the others, I just don't understand how they didn't see this coming, this point where everyone who wants their service, that can afford their service, has got their service. So, of course, subscriptions are going to slow down. The only way you're going to pick up new subscriptions is as people slowly leave home and, you know, fly the nest. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's late-stage capitalism. It's all about exponential growth without any acknowledgement of this is actually impossible to maintain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So, And that's what people come to this podcast for, our searing insight into the political structures of the world. Yes. Probably. Probably. Yeah, welcome to Behold, the only podcast for the proletariat. <laughs> anyway, Loki season two, it's in at number 27. There we go. Job done. Well, well done, us. Yes. Now all we need to do is find some time to do another Another one. one? Half a one? 
Yeah, that's what we'll, we'll give it two years, then we'll do half a podcast. Uh, then, then eighteen months later, we'll exactly. release the other half. Yeah, but in between the two halves, we'll announce that the podcast's been cancelled. And then what we'll do is we'll find another platform to host it on and say, oh, no, it's been yeah. saved. Oh, also, don't forget, we need to announce a bunch of spin-off podcasts as well that will then just be very yes. quietly brushed into the rug once everyone's forgotten about them. Yes. Yes. And what we'll do is we'll announce new episodes and then keep moving them down the schedule. Yeah, just... Until we quietly rename them and then cancel them. Great. And, and that's how we make and then, billions. And, that, and then what we'll do is we'll make one particular podcast episode, maybe about a fondly remembered um, sidekick to uh, something we've covered in a major podcast, and uh, we'll fully record it, completely edit it, finish it, and then just leave it. Yep, and then just delete the recording. On a hard drive somewhere. <laughs> and claim it all as a tax write-off. Exactly. So, there we go. We've got the future of Behold sorted. So if you want more business tips, you can find all our episodes <laughs> on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. You lucky people. I mean, you'll never miss an episode of the episodes we decide to release. <laughs> or indeed finish. So if you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com. Also, if you're a fan, and why wouldn't you be? We'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and reach you listeners. So, that's about everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. And I've been Mick. So long, and thanks for listening.